0: Chapter 7. Meet the Family. Bosch, Late Spring, 2349. Mama, I get that you wanted to help this, this person, and I'm all for that. But helping is a few days, not two years. Peter was beside himself with frustration and worry, and happily let this be transmitted through the calm with his words. He stood in the kitchen of his small apartment just off base and tapped with increasing intensity at the white cupboards with his knuckle. His mother's voice drifted through the calm. Dear, your papa and I have discussed all of this, and we have made our decision. Now why don't you come over tomorrow to meet Kat? I've invited your brother and sister as well. How in the hell could she be so calm? As he listened to her, Peter peered at his reflection in the kitchen window and rubbed his chin. He had shaved that morning, but had quite a bit of deep brown stubble even now. He wished the hair on his head was as tenacious as he rubbed his fingers on his slightly receded hairline. He refocused on what Mama had asked. Absolutely. You've already asked them? Good. That will be better. I want to have a word with this woman. Peter, quit using the word this while discussing Kat. She's a person, not a thing. And you are coming to get to know each other in a friendly way, not have a word with. Now shape up. We'll see you tomorrow at 17 bells. He noted the clipped tone his mother's voice had taken on and was unsurprised to hear the click as she ended the call without a goodbye. Peter immediately calmed his brother. Paul, have you heard? Yeah, I don't like it. Some thrall from who knows where that they've known for a week. Paul's voice was a shade lower than his brother's but held the same concern and dismay. Less than, Peter shook his head. Right, Paul said quickly. Less than a week. Moving in to stay, it sounds pretty crazy. Peter nodded vigorously. We can get an idea what she's up to tomorrow evening and figure out how to get her away from Mama and Papa. Have you talked to Mimi? Yeah, but you know her. Let's hold our judgment. Paul spoke in a falsetto that pretty much pegged his sister's tone and voice. Peter barked a laugh. Yeah, let's see what she says to someone living in her old room. Paul laughed as well. Well, we will take care of the whole situation tomorrow night. I step out onto Miriam and Teddy's back porch. I tidied up the room I'm staying in and now I'm hustling to catch up. I don't want to intrude though, so I slow my steps as I approach the four people standing in the expansive yard looking at my project from yesterday. When did you do this, Papa? Mimi's voice holds a tone of incredulity as she looks at the large, neatly tiled square of earth that is perfectly positioned to get full sun through the day. Teddy snorts. You know I don't do yard work, Mimi. Kat did it yesterday morning. She's planning to plant it tomorrow. Miriam's voice sounds pleased and it makes me flush with pleasure. She turns and motions for me to come over. Miriam gently touches my upper arm as she introduces me. Mimi? Ryan? This is Cat Wallace, the young lady that will be staying with us. Cat, this is my daughter and her partner. Mimi grins at Ryan and then looks at me with the same grin as I watch this family unit. I do want to make a good impression. Seriously, Cat, did you borrow old Crockett's tiller? She gestures to the house next door. He never lends his stuff. I shake my head. No, I just double dug it. It takes a bit longer, but it's better for the soil. I glance at their knitted brows. Ah, I guess. I don't want to come off as a know-it-all. I know this evening of me meeting their kids is important to Miriam and Teddy, and I don't want to screw it up. Mimi is lovely, kind and gentle in her speech. She is definitely her mother's daughter, except instead of silver, Mimi's hair is a deep brown. But like her mother's, it is long, falling in soft waves around a round, cherry-cheeked face set with kind, dark eyes. Her skin is the color of chicory a shade lighter than Miriam's and a shade darker than Teddy's, though I'm guessing his color's up in the summer. Ryan, on the other hand, is as pale as I am. And with her red hair, which she wears shorter than mine, I'm guessing the only color she turns in summer is bright red. Both of the young women now look at me with slightly open mouths. Ryan is the first to respond. You... you just dug it? Mimi starts to laugh. Sweet new earth. Peter and Paul are going to be so pissed off. My heart drops. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was just trying to help. Your folks have been so kind and generous. Mimi leans over as she laughs, her hands on her knees, and Ryan's giggle has joined her laughter, along with Teddy's chuckle, which makes me want to laugh, even though I'm sure I've transgressed somehow. Even Miriam looks like she may burst forth with a laugh at any moment, but she puts a hand up and says to me, You've done nothing wrong, dear. That's not why they are laughing. We look over to see Mimi fall to her back on the grass in hysterics. No, (laughs) no, no, no. Mimi leans up on her elbow, reaching her other hand toward her partner, and Ryan helps her up. She's a bit breathless. They are sure you are taking advantage of our poor old parents. (laughs) Just wait until they see this. They'll have to eat their words. She starts howling anew. Now Miriam does give a small laugh. Well, dear, she says as she brushes bits of grass off her daughter's shoulders. You can always point out the power shed, the one Peter and Paul have been promising to repair for over a year. Mimi's laugh stops. No, you didn't. She looks at me with something akin to awe. What? I'm not sure whether to apologize or crow. Peter and Paul have been promising Mama to fix the shed ever since the tree branch fell on it. What, a year and a half ago? But they never do. But they always tell each other and whoever will listen about what a grand job they plan to do. Mama and I call it the power shed because the plans are a constant power struggle between the guys. She holds her hands open as if presenting me. You have won up two of the most competitive people on New Earth. She shakes her head and then comes at me with open arms. You are my hero. She wraps me in a hug and I freeze, terrified at the sudden contact and wanting to shove her and run. But I don't. I take a breath and remember that I am not with him anymore. These people are not him. I am free. I can feel her gentleness in the hug, though she is still laughing and talking about her brothers. I tentatively lift my arms and put them on Mimi's back and give a few pats, letting myself sink into the hug as I do. I look over her shoulder as I do this and see Miriam with a gentle smile, nodding approvingly at me. Teddy, grinning from ear to ear, gives me a thumbs up. I smile back and give Mimi a squeeze. The brothers are here. I have heard enough to know they won't be the easy sell Mimi and Ryan were. I was trying to help in the kitchen, but Miriam shooed me out and told me to go sit and visit. We'd been having a good conversation about Bosch and the pirate force. Mimi never enlisted. She teaches art at the local secondary school and has a studio at home where she works with Clay. Ryan works at her father's bakery. She's planning to buy it from him soon. I hear the knock at the door and Miriam comes out to answer it as I see Mimi flick Ryan on the arm in a pay attention move. Teddy stands and so do I. I smooth my tunic and look up as two 30-ish men come in. They aren't smiling. They both lean over and give Miriam a kiss on the cheek, and I hear her murmur, Behave yourselves, in a firm tone of voice. She shepherds them over, and I feel Teddy at my elbow. Boys, this is Cat Wallace. She is staying with us for the foreseeable future. I hear Miriam emphasize the word is in the second sentence, and I see the taller of the two men furrow his brows. Cat, this is Peter. Miriam motions to the taller of the two, who is clean-shaven with short brown hair, and I see Teddy's eyes in his face, though they don't carry the same warmth. I smile and nod. And this is Paul. Paul is built more like Teddy, but his face is shaped like his mother's. He has longer brown hair and a small mustache. I keep my smile and nod to him. He looks at me warily. It's a pleasure to meet you both. I'm careful in my words. Better to say less and see how this plays out. Is it? Peter barks, the first I have heard from him. We aren't quite the pushovers our parents are. There's some things we think we are entitled to know before we agree to this. this arrangement. Paul finishes the sentence through his teeth. I lean back slightly away from the barrage of words and am unsure how to respond. I have brothers back in the North Country, and if it was them bearing down on me, I would cut them off with some sharp words, but this is different. I actually care what these men think of me. Teddy speaks up. Boys, Kat is a guest of your mother's and mine, in our home. You need to be polite. Papa, we need to be sure, Peter begins, but is cut off as Miriam steps up, taking each man by the arm. She looks as if she has grown in size and is now speaking to two small boys as she says sharply, Both of you, outside, now. There is no protest as Miriam leads them outside and Teddy trails behind. When the door closes, Mimi lets out a laugh. Mama will set them straight, Kat. Don't worry about the guys. They are just a bit overprotective. I shrug. I don't want to hurt anyone. I really appreciate what Teddy and Miriam have done for me. Ryan smiles. They are the best. They make me feel like family, and they'll do the same for you. This is not like any family I've ever known. And I mean that in the best way. I smile. I'm no longer tentative in what I'm saying to the kids. The four of us are sitting on the soft gray sofa and chairs that form a cozy space in front of the fireplace. Paul started a small fire in it earlier and the guys, as Mimi calls them, have been feeding it through the evening and into the night. It really isn't cold enough for one, but they said it was for atmosphere. Whatever. I'm guessing they don't have to chop their own wood. Miriam and Teddy have long since gone to bed, and Ryan even went up to Mimi's slash my room in exhaustion. The four of us, though, still going strong. After the brothers came in full of bluster, clearly wanting me out of the house, Miriam with Teddy in tow had walked them around outside. When they came back, they were a bit sobered. I had set the table and was just opening the wine when they returned. Peter had come up to me, his bravado gone, and his eyes more like the gentle ones I saw in his father's face. So, Kat, thanks for the work outside. I can't believe you finished the shed. Paul shook his head and gave me a half smile. They both looked as if they'd been thoroughly scolded, and I suspected that was just what happened. I grinned at them both. I'm not someone who takes handouts. I've worked my whole life and I don't intend to stop now, even though Miriam keeps telling me not to worry about doing any projects. I smiled and looked at where she was taking fish from the oven and then we sat down to what Teddy referred to as a regular family meal. But to me, it was special. Now, I hand the next round of beers I just retrieved to Peter and Paul, who nod gratefully. Mimi has decided a cup of tea might be wise, but I walk over to the cupboard on the far side of the great room and pour myself one more of the wine we had at dinner. It is delicious. Deep scarlet in color with a delicious dry sweet flavor, almost like berries with some rich overtone. So listen, I have no intention of ever hurting your parents. I come back and flop down on the sofa, almost spilling my wine. Mimi sits on the other end of the sofa and laughs and puts her stockinged feet in my lap. I want to clearly address the topic we've toyed with all night. For fuck's sake, Teddy rescued me. I owe him my life. Peter shrugs from where he's sitting crossways in his chair, his sock feet directed toward the fireplace. Sounds like you rescued yourself. He just flew you. His tone became a bit more emphatic. When he shouldn't be flying off missions, but that's another issue altogether. I frowned. He could have taken me back and likely would have been rewarded well. And why shouldn't he fly? He seemed to do a good job of it. Because one, he's old. Paul's voice floats up from his place on the floor in front of the fire. He holds up his right arm, showing a single finger. And two, he's master commander. Another finger pops up. I hear Peter murmur agreement. And three um three There's a slight pause as another finger slowly and laboriously rises. Three he's papa, and I wanted to stay safe. I shrug and start to respond, but Peter cuts in, his feet now on the floor as he turns to face me. Paul sees his brother's shift and pushes himself up on his elbow. So cat, those are the things that made us worried about you. We wondered. Are you going to take advantage or hurt him, them? I grin. These are smart men, but I wonder how they can have such a blind spot when it comes to their parents. I don't know, maybe all kids do. I know. So how'd I do on the test night? Are you still worried about that? Both of them fumble their words as they give a cautious, no, not really. I hoot a laugh at this less than rousing endorsement. You know, your parents are smart, capable people. I think it would take someone far more cunning than me to take advantage of them, even if I wanted to, which I don't. And anyway, who knows if I can even become a Bosch pirate. It's a bit of a stretch for some backwater North Country nobody who has only ever farmed and been a garden thrall. I've decided to keep all the real awfulness of enslavement to myself. I don't need nor want pity from them or anyone. Paul looks at me. Oh, fuck, cat. Papa said you were Bosch and I have to agree. That description you gave of yourself, it's what I envisioned before I got here. But you're... you. I smile a little at this half compliment. Then he continues. But so you know, I was going to put a sink and running water in the shed. Peter chimes in. Yeah, I had planned a full bathroom out there. Take it easy, guys. I'm now grinning fully. I've plumbed it for both. The four of us slip into easy laughter that, apparently, comes in a real family.